welcome to church uh, our online service is so good to see you all i know it's been a long time away from each other but we are just so glad that this morning you have set the time aside to sit down relax from the comfort of your home to join us online and today we are starting a new series uh, running with giants and we just hope that god will inspire you through this season and you open up your heart and just receive what he has for each one of you and um before we go into the word let's just join in in worship and celebration and open up your heart to the lord and allow him to minister to you
morning, good morning. Welcome to our Sunday service once again. Today, it is such a wonderful period and a wonderful day. We are starting our new series, Running with Giants. And um, we're going to really focus on some of the giants that are mentioned in the book of Hebrews and the giants that are in the Bible. And we're going to learn from their lives, from their success, from their failure, their mistakes and success, and how they dealt with different kind of situations in their lives. Let me take you to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and verse 2. The Bible says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father, of the throne of God. You know, so we look away from um, the natural realm and we fasten our eyes on Jesus. We want to look away from every realm and fasten and focus our eyes on Jesus. The Bible says that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. You know, Jesus is just such a perfect example of faith that is well-lived, of a life that is well-lived. And we look to Jesus and begin to learn on how God intends for us to be able to be and how God intends to become and for us to live in, our, in this time while we are alive in the world. Jesus is such a great example, you know, of his heart that was focused on joy, knowing that he, he would die, yet he endured the cross. He conquered its humiliation. And, you know, God has exalted him. And he makes him to sit at the right hand of the Father. And, and, and the throne, at the right hand of the Father, on the throne of God. And the Bible says that God has given him the name that is above every other name. And at the mention of the name Jesus, every knee bows down and every tongue confesses that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And the Bible says there's no other name, no other name from which people may be saved except the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus endured, because Jesus ran his race to the end and the goal was made. So we want to dive right in to be able to learn from these heroes of faith and from the lesson from their lives. In this series, we want to highlight the dreams and calling each individual hard, you know, and their life and the courage, persistence, determination they displayed as they pursued their dream, as they pursued their passion. We are going also to be looking at and explore some of the sinful tendencies or some of the issues in, uh, we see in their lives. And also one important thing is how they overcame these challenges, how they overcame sin, how they overcame issues that they were faced with or that they had in their lives. You know, we also want to gloss, uh, we don't want to just, uh, you know, overlook their shortcomings and sin, but rather we want to see how we can learn from them. 
and apply these lessons to our lives so we can learn to throw off sin that easily entangles us, to throw off things that really want to take us away from the presence of God and from the potential that God has put in each one of us. Okay, We want to learn from these heroes and let their examples train us for the rest that God has mapped out for us. We want their examples to be able to train and allow us to be able to live a life that God has for us. Praise the name of God. Let me just pray with us, and we are going to dive right in and start looking at one of the greatest heroes in the Bible. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the examples that you have given uh, through even men and women who demonstrated faith, who demonstrated courage, who demonstrated perseverance and trust in you. Father Lord, today as we gather together, as uh, my brothers and sisters are following and listening to your word from different places and the comfort of their homes, Lord, we pray that we are, go we are going to learn from these uh, ladies and gentlemen who demonstrated faith in you and how, Lord, you allow them to be an example today. We pray that, Lord, help us to stand strong and learn to become what you want us to become in this season where we are. We pray for your spirit to be able to touch us, to be able to, to help us learn, and God to open our eyes and give us determination in the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. So today, on our lesson one, in Running with Giants, we're going to look at Deborah as our first giant, right? We're going to look at this great woman, a courageous woman, uh, Deborah. Now, if we're going to get in the book of Judges from chapter 4, I'm starting from chapter 4. You know, right from chapter 1, it introduces the Israelites now entering the promised land, Canaan. And you know, you, you have some of the guys that entered in Canaan and another team that possessed their land or they had their, you know, like their inheritance later on, like from chapter 3. Going up to chapter 4, we see a last team of people that did not yet possess the land, that did not have yet the land to settle on. They begin now to, to possess the land. They begin now to settle and get the land, to be able to live in the land that uh, God had promised to them many years, many years uh, before their time. So, now here is something. The Bible says, if you read from chapter 3 of the book of Judges, the Bible says that God left four nations, four powerful nations in the land of Canaan. And the reason was to be able to train war and battle and to be able also to train trust on God to the guys, to these nations that did not know war. These guys that did not know how to fight. Those who had not yet experienced battle. God knew that as humans are, they will turn away from him time and again. But God left lessons for them to be able to follow and look up to God. So he left four powerful nations still possessing the land in Canaan, northern Canaan. They still possess the land. And therefore, we see that time and again, we have four judges before Deborah. We're going to learn about Deborah and on the life of Deborah and how Deborah demonstrates the life 
of faith and the courage, persistence and the resilience. Now, before this, if we can just jump to Deborah, to the book of Judges and look at Deborah and what happened in chapter 4. Maybe let me start from uh, chapter 4 from verse 4. Here is what the Bible says. Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth, was leading Israel at that time. Verse 5 says, she held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. Verse 6 says, she sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kadesh in Naphtali and of Ephraim, countryside of Ephraim. Okay? Naphtali, and he said to him, the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, go, take with you 10,000 men of uh, Naphtali and Zebulun, and lead them up to the Mount Tabor. I will lead Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River, and give him into your hands. Now listen to verse 8. Barak said to her, if you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Verse 9 says, Certainly I will go with you, Deborah said. But because of the course you are taking, the honor will not be yours. For the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. There Barak summoned Zebulun and Naphtali, and 10,000 men went up, went up under his command. Deborah also went up with him. Okay, so now we see uh, something happening right here. God came to Deborah and said, Deborah, the time has come. I want to deliver my people from the oppression of Jabin, and his commander of army, his chief commander, Sisera. But I want you to rise up. Go and find Barak, you know. Go and find Barak, the commander of the armies of Israel. And tell him that it is that right time that God wants to save his people. He wants to deliver them from the oppression of Jabin and his commander, Sisera. But I need two courageous people. That's what really uh, is so exciting. I need two courageous people. Deborah, you have to listen to the word of the Lord as a prophetess. You have to go. And you have to raise courage in the life, in the heart of Barak. So that Barak should stand and go and fight with these guys. Now, you have to understand, there's this really nice thing. The years of uh, spiritual prosperity that Israel enjoyed under the reign of Herod came to an end with his death. Herod had died and everything that Israel enjoyed just came to a standstill, came to an end. Now, in order, and the people, the people of God, the Israelites, they went back to idol worship. In order to discipline his people, God allowed them to be overwhelmed by Jabin and his commander-in-chief, Sisera. 
they oppressed them while the Israelites were worshiping idols. Now, in, in, when the people of God cried to God, in response to their cry, the Lord raised up a woman by the name of Deborah. A lady that was married to Lapidoth. We don't know so much about Lapidoth. We don't hear so much about his involvement. But certainly we hear about Deborah's involvement. And it's so exciting. So now Deborah functioned in the nation as a prophetess and also as a judge. And also we see she led the armies acting also as the commander in chief of the armies of the, of the Israelites. You know, but she was a judge and also at the same time she was a prophetess. Her great ability and uh, razor sharp mind, you know, drew many to her counseling room. They would come under the Deborah's tree, palm trees, and, and she would be able to give counsel to them. She would counsel men and women. She would be able to counsel both young and adults and old. She would counsel married people and single people. You know, her house was just halfway between Rama and Bethel. And Deborah was known as a fine judge, as a person that pursued justice, as a person that stood for righteousness and what was right in the, in the eyes of God. And she was a right judge according to what the Bible says. She had that passion, you know, to elevate a spiritual vision for her people. She had that courage that is something that marks her really as a great woman in the Bible. In that time, in the oriental culture of the Jewish people, a woman was not considered as a priority, you know, like a top priority where it came to solving issues and matters in the society. The woman's voice was not really paid attention to by people. When a lady or when a woman spoke, no matter how much wise her advice was, they took it as last, as last option. So it needed so much courage. It needed so much uh, faith and faith and trust in the Lord for people to be able even to listen to your voice. So, but this marks Deborah as a courageous woman. <laughs> it marks her really as a courageous woman. And for her having both roles as a judge and a prophetess, and someone that speaks from her gut in truth and is someone of strength in a way that she would lead and a great example for us today that really marks her really uh, remarkable to us today. And then not only that, the Bible says that her courage made her to do what was right in the eyes of God. And then here is something that we see throughout the Old Testament. We see this, this, there's this one, our key phrase that would say, it says, the people did what was evil in the eyes of God and did what was good in their own eyes, what pleased them. And God gave them to evil rulers, to pagans, to people that did not know God, to oppress them, to put them under captivity. And then after time again, the people would cry to God and they would say, God, we come to you. We know, and they will repent and confess their sin. And God will send someone to save them. God is really a wonderful God. He's really an amazing father. The Bible says each time they sinned, God sent someone to rescue them. 
But time and again, the cycle repeated itself. When they were in prosperity, when the ruler was still alive, the Israelites did what was right in the eyes of God. But as soon as the leader died, as soon as the judge died, these people went back and worshipped idols. They again followed after pagan gods. They again went and started doing what was evil in the eyes of God. They would worship idols. They would sacrifice their babies. You know, they would, they would, they would do all sorts of things and they would be able to commit all kind of outrageous sin in the eyes of God. And you know what God would do? He would punish them by allowing other kings and nations to come and oppress them and put them under slavery. But after time, people would cry to God. They would come and repent and confess their sin. And God will hear them, will save them, will deliver them and send a help. And will send a judge. Will send a judge to come and help them and rescue them and deliver them. So this had happened after they inherited. They came and possessed the land that God had, had given to them, the land of Canaan. There were four judges. People had sinned and God would give them for 20 years in captivity to other kings. And then after they cried to God, God sent somebody. And then last, before Deborah, God sent Herod. And Herod, you know, we see this guy, he had laid the Israelites in the fear of the Lord. And he helped them to come back to the Lord. For so many years, they were following and worshipping the Lord. But as soon as Herod died... The people went back to their idol worship. And God, this time, he gave them to the oppressor, King Jabin, and his commander-in-chief, Sisera. This guy and this guy started oppressing them. Started really, they oppressed them for so many years. For 20 years, they were under their captivity. So the people of God cried back to God. They repented of their sin and God raised a judge among them by the name Deborah. Deborah started leading them. Deborah started uh, leading these guys in the fear of the Lord and he started judging. He started giving them justice and he started leading them to be able to worship the Lord, to obey God and move away from sin. And the Bible says that for 40 years, these people under the reign, under the rule of Deborah, they worshipped the Lord. But the cycle repeated itself. As soon as Deborah dies, we see the people again going back to their idol worship. But the Bible demonstrates that God was, is a compassionate God. is a massive God. is a God that listens, that hears, and that, you know, delivers his people. Now, during Deborah's time, as one of the giants in the Bible, so of, during Deborah's time, the Bible says everyone, when Deborah came in, into power, or when Deborah was chosen as a judge, was chosen as the leader, the Bible says everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And the cycle repeated itself. You know, and the judges would end up judging until the time of Saul. And we see Samuel would be kind of uh, the last judge and the prophet also in that time. Then Saul would be the first king. Why did people want a king? It was one thing that stood out in all the cycles that they had. They wanted 
to be equal with the nations that surrounded them. They wanted to be equal with the nations that surrounded them. That's why they did what was evil. They did what was right in their own eyes and they would run away from God and embrace idol worship. Why? Because the people of God wanted to do what was right in their own eyes. I will tell you something. As Christians, when we want to be like everyone else, when we want to fit in rather than standing out, it is then time when we need to realize that there is no Christian vision for fitting in. God has called us to be a city on a hill, to be the country, to be a nation that is an example to other nations. To be a people of God, the people that calls upon the name of the Lord. God has called us to stand out, not to fit in. He has called us to be salt and light. If our goal is to fit in, then we are going to lose sight of what it means to stand out. I want you to listen carefully. God has not called you and me to fit in, but God has called you and me to stand out. We are the light. The light does not fit in in darkness. But the light shines brighter than darkness. We are the salt. The salt does not fit in in losing its savor and saltness. But the salt stands out in giving, you know, taste to the world. You and me are called to stand out in righteousness, in obedience to God, in demonstrating courage, in demonstrating trust in God. But these people, time and again, they wanted to fit in to become like the nations that surrounded them. If we try to fit in, then we have already ceased to stand out. That is to say, if we have adopted the values, if we just take on the values of belief system that run contrary to what we believe, we have ceased to stand out. That's why if we read in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and verse 2, Paul is encouraging us to say, I beseech you brothers and sisters by the mercies of God. He encourages us to renew our mind, not to conform to the pattern of this world. But to be different, you know, by renewing our mind with, I mean, in line with the word of God. If we conform to the pattern of this world, if we fit in in the patterns of this world, we are going to lose our value. You know, Deborah in her time, the Bible says, she stood out as a woman of courage. She stood out and did that what was right in the eyes of God. God said to Deborah, go, I want to deliver my people from oppression of Jabin and Sisera. But I need you to be a courageous woman. And then I want you to do something. Go to Barak, the commander of the armies of Israel. And I want you to tell him something that Barak today, God is going to deliver Sisera, Jabin, and their armies in your hand. You are going to overcome them. You are going to end oppression in your land, in your family, in the in Israelites. You are going to end oppression. But I want you to stand and be courageous. The Bible says that Sisera had 900 chariots. You know, he had chariots of iron. That time, 
only rich nations like Egypt and stuff like that, they had iron chariots, the chariots of iron. They had even powerful military and, you know, they had helmets and stuff like that made out of iron. You know, but everyone else, they just could try. Now, these guys were so powerful. If you had the chariots of iron and like the chariots of, you know, made from wood and stuff like that. The chariots of iron can easily pass in the rocks without breaking. The chariots of iron can pass in the mud without even getting stuck. It can easily pull out. The chariots of iron, you know, can pass through the difficult terrains. And if they are even the helmets of iron, it means that the spears and the knives of the Israelites would not even pierce them, would kill very few soldiers. So it means that they were well protected. Sisera and his army, they were feared by many nations around them. And this is the very nation that God comes to a weak army <laughs> and say, you are going to overcome them. But there's one thing. Barak does not say that. No, I can't go. It's so difficult. He does not say that. How is that even possible to be able to overcome Sisera and his people? But you know what Barak says? He says that if Deborah, you do not go with us. And you have to read. Barak also says that we want to hear again and again from the counsel of God. If things changes while we are still fighting, we want to hear the mind of God. And Deborah, you are so key in this. You know the trust that they had in Deborah. Look at the courage that they had. You know, Deborah, you have to go with us. And then Deborah says, yes, you have to know one thing. If I go with you in this quest, God is going to give victory in the hand of a woman. God is going to give victory to the woman Unlike to you, uh, not to men, but God is going to give victory to the women, to the lady, to a woman. That doesn't bother so much Barak because as long as there's victory in the land of Israel, it is victory for all. It doesn't matter through whom victory comes. What a great team player this man was. But even great, it is Deborah because she was able to hear the voice of God in her time when everyone did what was right in their own eyes. She was able to demonstrate courage and believe in what God said and said, Barak, it is true and it is possible we are going to do this. God is on our side. She doesn't even fear. She says, yes, I am going to go with you. I'm going to lead this army to victory. We are going to go and God is going to grant victory. I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. God has called us to stand out. To demonstrate faith, demonstrate courage. It doesn't matter. What we're learning from this is, is that it doesn't matter whether you are a woman, whether you are a man, whether you are young, whether you are God, you are old. God can use anyone who avails themselves. In her time, it was rare for women to be used but, uh, by God, but Deborah stood out and sought after the face of God. And God came through and used us so mightily. Here are few uh, four lessons that I'm getting from the life of Deborah. Four lessons that we can learn from Deborah. Number one, we look at the assignment. Deborah knew what her assignment in life was. She knew what God wanted her to accomplish. She was a woman and that did not matter so much than 
accomplishing the assignment that God had put on her life. You know, she was a judge. And at the same time, she was a prophetess in her time. And her mission was to bring the voice of God back to his people. Her mission was to bring righteousness and spirituality back to the Israelites. And take them away from idol worship. And she stood for that and she was ready whatever price that came with it. Whatever that costed her life, Deborah was ready to accomplish her assignment. And later on in life, you know what? The Bible says that God calls her and say that you and Barak are going to go and bring victory to my nation, to the nation that God had chosen, to the Israelites. Since she knew her assignment in life, she did not hesitate. She did not say, God, how is that possible? Like we see with the other uh, heroes of faith, you know, like Gideon, who would say, who am I, God? Like Moses, who would say, I am nothing. <laughs> I do not even know what to speak. Like, um, like Jeremiah, who would say, I am a youth and I'm so young, I can't be used by you, God. You know, with Deborah, she just hears from God. She does not even hesitate. She says, yes, God, here I am. Send me. Use me. She was so, she knew her assignment in life. Here's a lesson for us today. What is your assignment? You know, you may have a vision. You may have an assignment in life. Maybe it is a skill that God has given you. Maybe it is a calling upon your life. Maybe... Maybe it's a career that God has given. You know, God will send you to every place and different places to be able to bring victory, to be able to bring heaven on earth, to be able to bring righteousness back to the people and in a working place. But you need to stand to know what your assignment is and be able to look to God. That's what Deborah did. She knew her assignment in life and she knew that God was going to bring victory. What is your assignment? What does God put upon your life? Are you afraid of what people would say? Are you still in the corner hiding yourself and not having enough stamina and courage to be able to go out and accomplish what God has for you? Are you having reason that no, I am a woman. No, I am young. No, I am old. No, I can't do this because of other reasons. Deborah did not want to look at the reasons that were around her, even the tradition and the culture of her people. But she wanted to do what God wanted her to accomplish in her time. The second lesson that we can learn from Deborah is availability. The availability. Deborah was available. Deborah availed herself to be used by God. Deborah availed herself such that nothing mattered until God's will was accomplished. Nothing was as important as to do that which God wanted her to do in her time. She was available. You know what? God uses people that are available. God has so much to do. But if you avail yourself, if you are available to be used by God, if you are available to be sent on an assignment by God, I want to assure you one thing. You are going to become great and you are going to accomplish much. God wants men and women who will be available to be used by him. God is looking for men and women who want to bring righteousness. God wants to, to use men and women who are available.
for him. Do you know that it is so easy to be too busy? To be uh, full of activity and, not, and yet not to be productive. It is so easy to want to do everything and end up at accomplishing nothing. But if you know your assignment in life and you are available for your assignment, you will become successful. It is possible to have dreams and assignments, to have, you know, a mental picture of what to do and what you can accomplish. And in your own dream world, you are already great, you are already big at whatever you want to accomplish. But you know what? If you are not available, if you do not give yourself into that which you want to accomplish, you end up or you will die a dreamer. Let me speak to young people a little bit. You know, when growing up as an energetic young person, you have all these dreams and everything that you want to accomplish. But I want to tell you that many young men have grown up old and others have died dreamers and not accomplishing what they wanted to accomplish because they were not available. They, they, they gave, they filled their lives with just different kind of things that did not lead them to success because, you know, they filled their lives with something else and everything else and not being available to the mission, to the, to the core, to the assignment that God has put upon their lives. I pray that you and me will learn from Deborah and be able to be available and understand our assignment in life and accomplish it in the name of Jesus. Deborah availed herself to the mission of God. She went in the battlefield. She sat on the judge's throne. She was there in the closet to listen to the voice of God as a prophetess and bring the voice of God to the people of God. That's really what we lack this in our time. The people that would go in the closet, close themselves and say, God, what do you have for me? What do you want me to say? What should I do in my time? We do not so much go and seek after knowing and understanding our assignment in life like Deborah did. She knew what was good for her. And she had no time for competition. She had no time for wasting and losing her life. She had no time to do everything else. The Bible says actually that she was, the Bible doesn't say much, but the Bible says that she was a married woman. You know? <laughs> Probably a mother. We don't know whether she has kids or not. But we know that she was married to Lapidoth. And we don't hear Lapidoth complaining that she only spends her time uh, judging and doing this and going in battles. And she's not a good woman. We don't hear from Lapidoth. So, you know what? Deborah knew what her assignment in life was. And she was a balanced person. She was a family person. And she was available to accomplish the assignment that God had put on her life. Today you may complain that I am too busy. I have too much to do. That's why, that's why. You know, there will always be reasons for not accomplishing assignments if you give yourself time to so much to do. But I pray that today our reason would be that I am so busy in accomplishing what God has for me. The other thing that we see, the third thing we see or we can learn from Deborah is trust in God. Trust in God. Like I said earlier on, at this time and in this time, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. 
But Deborah trusted in the God of his promises, the God of Israel, the God of Jacob, the God of Abraham. He trusted that this God is faithful. And if we trust in him, he's able to bring victory. He's able to help us to be able to establish and be settled and accomplish so much. Deborah decided to trust in God while, Lapid, while, while Sisera and Jabin trusted in the chariots of iron. Deborah trusted in the God of heaven and earth. While everyone trusted in their own knowledge, they trusted in their own understanding and the cycle repeated itself. Deborah said, in my time, people will worship the Lord. Deborah said, in my time, people will trust in the Lord. In my time, my family will worship the Lord. And the Bible says for 40 years, Deborah led the nation of Israel in the fear of God and everyone feared the Lord. Are you a kind of person that allows others to believe? You allow others to believe in God because they can learn from you? Look at what Psalm 118 and verse 8 says. It says, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. <laughs> Verse 9 says, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. And verse 10 says, all the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. Verse 11 says, they surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. Verse 12 says, they swarmed around me like bees, but they were consumed as quickly as burning thorns. It is in the name of the Lord I cut them down. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Shout of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. Deborah, like David, Deborah trusted in God. Deborah, she put her trust in God. Like David says, others trust in forces of men, in chariots, in weapons, but my trust is in the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. I will trust in him all the days of my life. If you know your assignment, if you are valuable to the assignment God has put upon your life, and if you put your trust in God, I tell you the truth, my brothers and sisters, there's nothing, there's nothing that is impossible with God. And God will make it possible for you. Whatever giant you are facing in life, whatever mountains are surrounding you, whatever challenges you are passing through, if you know your assignment in God, if you are valuable to be used of God, and if you trust in the Lord, you will rise up. You will overcome. You will shine like dark, like light in darkness. Because you are a hill. You are a city on the hill. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Trust in God. You know, in our time, it is so easy to be full of fear because of coronavirus. It is so easy to be full of fear because of the economical, 
you know, economic challenges and, you know, the economy of the nation's shaking and, and things are not working. If you are a student, you find that maybe school is closed. You don't even know. If you had sponsors, you don't even know whether they are going to come back and sponsor you. Maybe your parents, if you are a student, they don't have any, any more money to be able to send you back to school. You may not even know what life is, uh, what life holds for you. Uh, maybe if you are a family man, you don't know even how to take care of your family. There's so many reasons. If you are sick, you have maybe other sicknesses. It brings even more fear with this coronavirus around. And it's so easy to bury our heads in the sun. It's so easy to want to run away from responsibility. It is so easy to want to do what everyone else is doing. But I invite you to put your trust in the Lord. Do not put your trust in people. Do not allow fear to come. But embrace faith and God will be with you. There is nothing that is too hard for God. You know, in verse 14 of the very chapter 4, Deborah says, it is better to take, in chapter 5 now, Deborah is singing and saying, verse 14, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. You know, also uh, in Psalm 118, verse 18, verse 8 up to verse 10, 11, the Bible says that it is better to take refuge in God. It is better to trust in God. It is better to put faith in God than in people, than in properties, than in material things, than in knowledge and few other things. Trust in, the God, in, trust in God and lean not on your own understanding. I love what Paul says. He says, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. He says, death cannot Fear should not, hunger cannot, nakedness, sword, and whatever it is, there's nothing, whether death or age, whether angels, whatever it is, nothing has got power and capacity to separate us from the love of God. And you know what the same is true. The Bible says, if you hold on, uh, if you hold on to God, you stay in trust for God, and you know, goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. Trust in God. And the last thing that, the, the fourth thing that we learn from Deborah is courage. Oh, she was such a courageous woman. <laughs> it is so difficult to find her type in the Old Testament, actually. With such, you know, dauntless and determination, uh, you know, uh, uh, as Deborah. Her faith, energy, confidence, character, intellect, and clear-sightedness mark her out as a woman who was God's gift to her time. She was a God given to her age, to her time, to her generation. To, the, to that degree that one is able to rouse and steer others to rise and claim their freedom. <laughs> to the degree that she would lead people in the fear of the Lord and everyone, they had to let go of idol worship and begin to worship God. She was such a gift to her generation. It was in a, during a hard time when everyone did what was right in their own eyes. During a time when every other, when, when the nation of Israel, they wanted to, to fit in in what other nations would do. Deborah said, we have to stand out. Do you have courage to stand out in the time when everyone wants to fit in? Do you have courage to stand out? 
You know, you know your assignment. You are available. You trust in God. You therefore need courage. Like God came to Joshua and said, be courageous and be vigilant. Be strong because I am with you. Everywhere you go, I will give you that land. Whatever you touch, you shall possess that land. Because I'm going to be with you. But be courageous. You know, Deborah was such a courageous woman, such that God told her to go and fight against a powerful nation, to go and fight against Sarah and Jabin. She did not go left. She did not go right. She went and found a suitable companion. She went and found a suitable partner, a man also full of courage, and a man also who believed in God, in the voice of God. And together they stood and brought victory to the people of God. Courage. You need to be courageous. I want to tell you, there are so many things that will come and want to take you away from believing, from being courageous, becoming like everyone. They want to make you fit in. But I want to challenge you today to stand out for God. To stand out for God. Stand out for God. Allow righteousness to stand out. Stand out in your working place for God. Shine out for God. Stand out and shine in your education. Stand out and shine in your family. Stand out and shine in your career. Shine in church. Shine in your community. Because that's what God wants you to do. To stand out for him. Stand out for him. Deborah decided to stand out. Decided. She chose to stand out. She chose to put her confidence in God. She chose to follow and to believe in what God says. I want to ask you a question today. What is your assignment in life? Are you available for the assignment that God has put on your life? Where is your trust? Is it in people and material or is it in God? What is giving you fear? Are you courageous? Or do you allow things to come and bring fear to you? You know what? I'm really thinking crazy, but I'm thinking like, what would Deborah say to you today if she was around? You know, I feel like Deborah would say, no matter how many times you have rejected God, if we call on him from a sincere heart, he will hear our voice. I love um, <laughs> a song that says, uh, I will send out an army. To find you in the midst of the darkness, I will save you. I will rescue. That's like God saying, and I hear your whisper underneath your breath. Your breath. I hear your SOS. You're saying, God, come to my rescue. God, grant me courage. I feel like Deborah would say, no matter how many times you have rejected God, if you come back to God in sincere heart and say, God, save me. I am sorry. And I, I, want, to, I want to stand again. God will hear your voice. He will come and save you. I hear Deborah saying today that don't let anyone tell you that the God of the Bible, he, oh, oh, he oppresses people. He's God that looks down on men, he looks down on women, looks down on people. Deborah will tell you that I am a woman and God heard my voice. I am a woman and God used me in my time. You may be young today. You may not be counted among your friends today. You may feel like you are less a, a, a woman, less a man, less a human being. But I want to tell you that God loves you. Whosoever is available, God will use them. 
He's both God of the Jews. He's both God of the Gentiles. He's both God of women, God of men, young, old. He's God of everyone that gives themselves and sincerely call upon his name. What other reason do you have? I hear Deborah saying that next time life oppresses you, focus on the size of God, not on the size of your problems. If you want to embrace, embrace courage, you have to focus on the size of God. How big God is in your life and not focus on how big your problem is. Imagine if she focused on how powerful Sisera and Jabin and their armies were. Imagine if she focused on the chariots of irons. You know, if she focused on the powerful soldiers these guys had. Fear, anxiety, oppression, depression would have only grown bigger and bigger. But this lady focused on how big God is. What is it that you are facing in life? Is it sickness? Is it finances? Is it family? What is it that you are facing? What mountain are you facing against in life? What challenges are you standing up against? I want you to focus on God this morning. I want you to invite God this morning. I want you to ask for courage from God this morning. For they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I want you to invite God in your life this morning and say, God, I want to stand up. I want to stand out and I don't want to fit in. I don't want to compromise my faith and I don't want to, Im to invite cowardice to come in my life, but I want to be courageous because God, you are with me. Because God, you are with me. Remember, assignment, availability, trust in God. And courage will make you to stand out rather than fitting in. I want to pray with you today, this morning. If you can just close your eyes and just begin to reflect on these things. What are things that you treasure in life? What are things that are taking away space for you being available before God? What assignments... What assignment are you pursuing? Are you pushing in life? Are you pushing the agenda of God over your life? You know, he says, I know the plans that I have for you. Are you in a place where you know and you've discovered your purpose? Or are you lost in confusion and not knowing what to do? It's not too late. You can invite God. You can trust in God. You can be available. And you can ask for courage from God. He will show you your purpose in life. He will show you your assignment in life. Like this woman we are learning from Deborah as a giant of faith, you know. And this lady discovered what her purpose in life was. She did not allow anything to take her away from her assignment in life. She was available for it. She trusted in God. She was courageous because she knew what God wanted her to accomplish in life. You may feel forsaken. You may feel forgotten. You may feel not important. You are suffering. You're dying in your own depression and oppression and anxiety and stuff. And all these things are just weighing you down. I hear God is calling you and me and say, trust in me. Can we start again? Can we start together again? Let us just pray together. Father God, we call upon you this morning.
Help us, Lord, to identify who we are in you, Lord. Help us, Father, to identify our purpose and our assignment in life. And be available for it to do it with everything within us. Help us, God, to put our trust in you. Help us, Father, to stand out and be courageous in our time. We don't want to compromise and defeat him. But, Lord, we want to stand out for you. We want to stand out for you, Lord. We want to shine for you in our time, oh God. Help, Lord, that help us that our faith may be so contagious. Our faith, Lord, may pull crowds, may pull people to come to you and believe in you like Deborah did in her time. Father, we come to you. We pray for clarity. We pray for the help of the Holy Spirit in our lives, oh God. That we may live a purposeful life. A life that is determined, a life that is focused, oh Lord. And a life that has put its confidence and trust in you, Father. We pray for the help of the Holy Spirit. And we pray that you may help us to renew our mind. And not to conform ourselves to the fears, to the assignment of the world. To the things that take up space and not allowing us to be available for you. We pray that Lord will rise up as the church today to stand out, oh God, in our community. We pray, Lord, as a family that will be able to stand out, oh God. In the name of Jesus, Father, I come against every oppression of darkness over your people in the name of Jesus. I come against sicknesses and diseases. I come against anxiety, depression, and fear. I come against uh, discouragement from the assignment that you have put upon their lives. I pray that, Lord, they will stand out. They will stand up for you, and they will shine in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father God. We thank you for everything that you have done and what you are doing in our time. And that we could even learn from Deborah. And we pray that, Lord, also the voice of righteousness, the voice of the church shall be heard in the nation. The voice of God shall be heard. The assignment of God, the agenda of God shall be pursued, O oh Lord. We pray that we'll be able to occupy till you come. Help us, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. We are so glad that you joined the service today and it's our prayer that the Lord has ministered to you. You feel motivated, inspired and really geared for a brand new week. And we would like to encourage you to subscribe on Facebook and YouTube. You can just like our page on Facebook and follow the programs that go on. There's so much more to come. And for those who would like to give tithes and offering, as well as if you would like prayer and counseling, take note of the slide that follows. And we want to wish you a very, very blessed week. Enjoy your week and your walk with the Lord in this week.